we are this morning resuming our study of Abraham. So we will be in Genesis chapter 12 this morning. Genesis chapter 12. And if you think about the book of Genesis, Genesis is all about beginnings. That's what the very word means, is beginning. From the first instance in Genesis, we see God creates. God created the heavens and the earth. He begins humanity with Adam and Eve, and he starts everything and calls it good. He blesses them and says, be fruitful and multiply. And then we see shortly after that, that Adam and Eve fall into sin, that they are tempted in the garden and they choose to rebel against God, to disobey, and the world starts to deteriorate all the way to the point where God sends the flood to wipe out humanity and to start again. And then we see another new beginning with Noah, how God says these same words to Noah, be fruitful and multiply. He blesses him and says that to him. And so we see God starting anew with Noah after the flood. But even with Noah, we see that this is not the perfect creation that things were meant to be again. That even if you wipe the slate clean, sin in the sinful heart still remains. And so even with Noah, we see him fall. And eventually we see in Genesis 11, the Tower of Babel, where everyone is gathered together to exalt themselves against God. And so then instead of sending a judgment of the flood, God sends confusion of the languages so that people are dispersed. And then right after this, we come to Genesis 12, which is where we were at this morning, and God starts something new again with Abraham. So the week before, again, before coronavirus hit, we had started looking at this passage. We looked at the first command and the first three promises that God gave to Abraham. And in summary, those first, the first section in verses 1 and 2 teach us that God is going to make a great nation out of Abraham and his offspring, a new creation, a people of God, so to speak. So we saw that the New Testament teaches that those commands and promises are ultimately fulfilled by Jesus. And this morning we'll see similar ideas as we look at the second set of promises in this passage. So if you have a Bible, go ahead and read with me Genesis 12 verses 1 through 9. Genesis 12, 1 through 9. The word of the Lord says this. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. And Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered, and the people that they had acquired in Haran. And they set out to go to the land of Canaan. When they came to the land of Canaan, Abram passed through the land to the place at Shechem to the oak of Morah. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. 
Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So he built there an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there he moved to the hill country on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and I on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. And Abram journeyed on still, going toward the Negev. So we see in this passage how God blesses Abram. And we're going to spend a lot of time there in verses 2 through 3 this morning, thinking about what it means that God blesses Abram and what it means when God says Abram will be a blessing. And then also think about these promises of God to bless the nations through Abram. Uh, Just as a disclaimer, I think I said this last time, I'm so used to saying Abraham instead of Abram. I will probably go back and forth. Don't get confused. It's the same person. But as we look at the end of verse 2 to begin, God says, I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. The implication is that Abram will be a blessing to the nations around. And these verses, they teach us that God blesses him and will bless the nations through Abram. In other words, God wants Abram to be a blessing and is going to use Abram to bless other people. So in this passage, God is making what's called a covenant promise with Abram, a promise to do these things, to bless him. God is saying, I will do this. I will bless you, and I will bless the nations through you. And so since this idea of blessing is such a central idea to this passage, we need to spend some time thinking about what does the Bible say when it says you are blessed? What does it mean to be blessed? It's a phrase that you hear a lot, maybe, and you hear a lot about what it might mean, but what does the Bible say? Anytime we're trying to understand a word or an idea, if we're unsure, a good place to start is What do other places in the Bible say about this? How does the rest of the Bible use this word, this idea? And so if we do that with this term, with blessed being blessed, the first thing we notice is how Genesis uses this word. It's always good to start with the book that you're in, how it uses the word. And so if we look at Genesis, we see several times where God himself blesses. We see that with Adam. God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. We see that with Noah, the same phrase, God blessed them, said, be fruitful and multiply. We see it with Abraham. We see it with Isaac. We see it with Ishmael, interestingly enough. And then we see it with Jacob. And if you notice the theme here, every single time God uses that word blessing in Genesis, with the exception of Ishmael, God is making a promise, a covenant promise with these people. So one more talk more a little bit about what covenant promise looks like. But the point is that whenever God says, I am going to bless you, he's fundamentally saying, I'm forming a relationship with you. Fundamentally, to be blessed means that we have a relationship with God. One commentator described it this way, that to be blessed means you have a relationship with God that transforms you and brings security. So that's what God is saying when he says, I will bless you. I am 
creating a relationship with you. I'm forming this relationship with you and your offspring to make myself known throughout the world. So we see this idea of blessing playing out in Genesis 12. God's making himself known. And God says this to Abraham, that he will make himself known to the nations. So you might ask, there's no specific mention of relationship in this passage. So why would we say that that's fundamental to this idea of blessing? Why is it the relationship aspect? Why is it that we know God and that that's foundational to blessing? Well, it has to do with this idea of covenants. We don't have in our culture a lot of examples of covenant. There are a few, but maybe the most well-known example is the covenant relationship of marriage. In marriage, you are committing, you're covenanting together, you're promising to be in a relationship with someone, to know them, to be known by them. And that's what God is saying here to Abraham. It's a commitment that God is making to be in this relationship with Abraham. When we get to Genesis 15, we see the actual covenant ceremony that God makes with him. And so you might say that here in Genesis 12, it's almost like a betrothal that God is saying, I'm promising that I will be with you. And then we see the actual covenant ceremony in Genesis 12. And that is how Abram will be blessed by being in this relationship. He's blessed because he knows God and because God makes himself known to him. So what does this teach us about blessing? We see this in other places in the Bible as well. But being blessed doesn't mean that we have a certain amount of money or that a certain amount of good circumstances happen to us. That is not what being blessed means according to the Bible. Fundamentally, being blessed means that we know God. That we know God. That we are in a relationship with Him. And if we have that, if we have this relationship, we are blessed by God. Not because of anything we do or because we deserve it, but because Jesus died to take away our sins, to reconcile us, to bring us into this relationship. So just like the Apostle Paul, we can say in whatever situation we are in, we are content, we are blessed because we know God. And no circumstance will change that. No situation will change that. So being blessed is knowing God. And that nothing can take that away from us because Jesus' blood is enough for us to always have that relationship. So if this is what the Bible means by being blessed, then we can then think about what does it mean to bless others? What does it mean to be a blessing? God says, I will bless you, Abram, and you will be a blessing to others. So If knowing God is what it means to be blessed, then we can say probably the similar thing is what it means to bless others. But again, if we're unsure about something, we should look at where the Bible uses this phrase, this idea in other places. So what does the Bible say about blessing others? And a good place, a helpful place, is Psalm 67, which was our scripture reading this morning. 
when we look at Psalm 67, we see in the very beginning that the psalmist asks that God would bless them. And then he talks about what the result of that blessing would be. So you remember, God blesses Abram. And then he says, the result will be, because I bless you, you will be a blessing to others. So the psalmist asks, God bless us, verse 1. And then he says what the result of that blessing will be. The result of being blessed by God leads to, verse 2, that others will know the way of God, that others will, the peoples will praise him, verse 3. And then that the nations will be glad and sing for joy, verse 4. The ends of the earth will fear God, verse 7. So when the psalm in the psalmist in Psalm 67 says it, and when the Bible talks about blessing others, again, fundamentally the idea is that blessing others means revealing God, making God known to others, helping others to see what God is like. God tells Abraham, you know me, now go make me known to others. Being blessed means we have a relationship with God. And being a blessing to others means that we help them understand what God is like. We help them to know God as well. And we see this can be done in a couple of ways. How do we make God known? So 1 Peter 3 verses 9 through 12 says we make God known through imitating him. We make God known through imitating him. In this verse, Peter tells us, that blessing others, he uses that phrase, blessing others, means that we do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling. We turn away from evil and do good. We seek peace and pursue it. This is what it means to be a blessing to others. In other words, in the context of 1 Peter, if you're reading through the book, you see that every one of these things not repaying evil for evil, reviling for reviling, turn away from evil and do good, seeking peace and pursuing it. Every one of these things, Peter presents Jesus as the ultimate example of having done this. So whenever we do those things, we are imitating God. We are imitating Jesus, and we are making known what he is like. And if we are making known what God is like, what his character is like, then we are by God's definition, blessing others because we are making God known. So when you are at home and you're being kind and no one except your family sees it, that is a blessing because it's making God known in that situation. And if you think about it, this opens up really countless possibilities for how we can bless others for any situation because whenever we are imitating God, whenever we are living out his righteousness, then we're giving a little glimpse of what he is like. We're making him known. And this is how we can bless others by imitating God, by obeying God because it makes him known. But if you think about it, just displaying God's character is not enough. Other people will kind of see what God is like, but they will not fully know God themselves just by seeing an example. The Bible tells us more that unless they know God themselves, they won't be blessed ultimately. And so that is why we make God known first through imitating him, 
But second, we make God known through proclaiming Jesus Christ. Because Jesus is the full revelation of God. He was fully God when he walked this earth. So the Bible says that people do not have a relationship with God. People don't start out knowing God. In other words, people don't start out being blessed. The Bible says that people are under a curse because of sin. We know that language. And so people are separated from God. They are not close. They need something to take care of their sin because otherwise the punishment for their sin is separation and they cannot be blessed. They cannot know God. People aren't born this way. But we know the gospel, the good news of Jesus, that God makes a way for people to know him, to be brought close, to be in a relationship with him, that God, through sending Jesus to die as a substitute for our sins, made a way so that anyone who seeks God and seeks his forgiveness and trusts that Jesus did what is necessary to be forgiven, if you believe this, you will be saved. You will be united to God in a relationship. And you will know God and you will be blessed by God because you will know him. That's what it means. This is what the Bible calls the gospel, the good news, again. And this is what the Bible means when it says we are blessed. It's what the Bible calls blessing. Blessing is knowing God. And there is no greater thing that we could be blessed with than knowing God. So when we proclaim this good news about what Jesus has done, when we make God known, we make known the way for people to be truly blessed. Because it's through this message that we can have a transforming relationship with God, just like God formed with Abraham. We can have that relationship. So this is what we have to believe in order to be saved, in order to be blessed. We have to believe in Jesus and be forgiven of our sins. And then there will be no condemnation, but we will be blessed in this relationship. This is what we receive when we trust in God's gospel message. We receive this blessing of forgiveness, of being united with God, being in a relationship. So we've seen how this passage tells us in Genesis 12 that God will bless Abram, that God will make him a blessing. We've seen that that means that he will have a relationship with God, he will know God, and he will also help others to know God. And that's what it's getting at when it says that phrase, I will bless those who bless you, I will curse those who curse you. There's more that needs to be said on this passage. But as we think about this passage and what it has to do with the promises that God gives to the nations, how he will bless the nations, we should look at verses 3 and verses 7. So read those again with me. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And then in verse 7, the Lord, Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So he built there an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. 
whenever we are studying the Old Testament, so we've already thought about when we don't know something, we should look at what does the other places in the Bible say. But whenever we're studying the Old Testament, we should also think, what does the New Testament say about this passage? Is there somewhere that this is referred to or used in the New Testament? And that helps us to understand what is going on. And this passage is used several places, specifically, especially in Galatians chapter 3, verses 7 through 9. And Paul says this, he quotes these promises and helps us to understand what all this means. So I want to read Galatians 3, 7 through 9. Know then that it is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by, by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, In you shall all the nations be blessed. That's back in Genesis 12, 3. So then, those who are of faith are blessed, along with Abraham, the man of faith. So in Galatians, God is telling us that this promise to bless the nations, that this is actually a foretelling, a, a little seed of the gospel message of what God is going to do, that not only will Abraham know God and be blessed and be in this relationship, but God will bring people from every tribe, every tongue, every nation into this type of relationship where they will also know God. This is, in a sense, the great commission of the Old Testament. You remember the great commission in the New Testament says, go and make disciples of all nations. And here in the Old Testament, we see that God, instead of telling Abraham to go do this, God is making the promise, I will bless all nations. So even here in Genesis 12, we see this promise beginning that it's not just for Abraham or for a few, but that God is going to make himself known and bring people from every tribe, every tongue, every nation to know him. In this promise, we see the grand plan of God, the grand plan of salvation that has been worked out over the history of the world. And to make an understatement, this is a massive promise given to Abraham. This is a massive covenant given to Abraham. It would not be an overstatement to say that one of the reasons you are a Christian today is because God made this promise to Abraham. That God promised that I will bring people in from the nations to know me. God had a plan before the foundation of the world. 2 Timothy 1.9 tells us a plan to bless all the families of earth through the offspring of Abraham, through Jesus. Galatians tells us that as well in chapter 3. That Jesus is the one through whom, the offspring of Abraham, through whom people will be blessed through whom people can know God. Remember John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. It is through Jesus that blessing, that knowing God happens. 1 Corinthians also tells us that Jesus is the fulfillment of the promise, that he is the yes and amen of the promises of God. And we see that 
all the way back even in Genesis 12, that it's through Jesus that God is going to fulfill this promise to bring the nations, to bring people from every tribe, tongue, and nation into a relationship, into a knowledge of God. This is a massive promise. And when we read Genesis 12, this is the beginning of that story of how God will bring salvation to us, to the whole world, to people from every tribe, tongue, and nation. And so it really leads us to worship, to worship our great God who is so massive and has such a great plan in store to bless so that we can know God. And as we think about this morning, we need to think about how how do we need to respond to what we've seen in God's word today, right? God says, don't just be a hearer of the word, but be a doer also. And so we have to think today, are we blessed by God today? Me personally, am I blessed by God? So we've talked about what that means. Being blessed by God means we know God. We have a relationship with God. Have we realized that we are separated from God because of our sins? Have we sought his forgiveness? If we have done those things, then we are blessed. We have received forgiveness and full restoration, and there is no condemnation for us. We are blessed by God. If we're not in a relationship with God, then God offers that to us today and says, whoever will believe will be saved, will be united, will be blessed in knowing me. And this blessing doesn't change based on circumstances or based on how we feel, but is secure always because of what Jesus has done, that his payment on the cross was enough that we would know God. It also reminds us how should we respond? Are we blessed? But we should also think, are we blessing others? Blessing others means making God known. How can we talk about God so that people know who he is and so that people can come into this relationship with him as well. Have you heard what God is like or how to have a relationship with him? How can we make these a part of what we are talking about with others in order to bless others? That God gives us a relationship with himself and he tells us to make him known. He blesses us in a relationship so that we will be a blessing to others that they may know him as well. Let's pray this morning. Father God, we thank you that you have blessed us who know you. God, remind us of what that means this morning. Embed that truth in us, that being blessed means we know you, that we have full restoration that we have no condemnation from you, that you have completely forgiven us of our sins. I pray that we would rest in that, that we would have joy in that, we would have hope in that promise. And that knowing that that blessing does not go away, nothing can separate us from you, we will always know you. And God, that is better than fleeting circumstances. God, we pray that we would make you known to others. Thank you that you have made yourself known even this morning through your word, that you are a God 
who has planned salvation for every tribe, tongue, and nation. And you say, whoever comes to you will be saved. God, we pray that we would be your people who share that message with others as well. And God, we want to worship you and praise you. May we imitate you. May we speak of you. May we rest in this blessing of knowing you. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.